Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases. The time is now more than ever to embrace the breathtaking, sinister, and shocking tales that can enthrall you, especially with brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped, like Amy Tintera's Listen for the Lie. With exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors, captivating sound design, and dynamic performances, Audible brings these stories to life like never before. And as a member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Suicide bombers kill U.S. troops. We believe it is their desire to continue those attacks. President promises retaliation. We will not be deterred by terrorists. Supreme Court overturns eviction ban. Only Congress could grant an extension. Good morning. I'm Steve Kathan with the CBS World News Roundup. We will hunt you down. And make you pay. President Biden's vow after the deadliest day for U.S. forces in Afghanistan in a decade. 13 American service members, including 10 Marines, died in the two suicide blasts near the Kabul airport. More than 100 people died overall, dozens more wounded. It's intensified the push to get Americans out of the country by early next week. Our CBS News team coverage begins with correspondent Charlie Daggett, who says the first blast came near an exterior airport gate that was jammed with people. Frantic people scattered in all directions after the explosion amid rumors that more suicide bombers were on the loose. Images of the immediate aftermath, piles of bloodied bodies in the sewage drainage ditch made clear that first bombing took a devastating toll. Overstretched and under-equipped medical staff struggled to save lives. Many terrified workers had fled when the Taliban took over Kabul. ISIS claimed responsibility for the bombing, posting the image of an alleged suicide bomber. This morning, for some, the mass evacuation has now become a mass burial. Relatives collecting the bodies of loved ones, victims to the very violence they were so desperate to leave behind. I'm Cami McCormick. Despite the attacks, the crowds at Kabul Airport are as large as ever. We're continuing to execute the mission. And the Central Command's General Kenneth McKenzie says that will continue despite the ISIS threat. We believe it is their desire to continue those attacks, and we expect those attacks to continue. But he said the U.S. won't turn off the spigot, despite Britain, France, and Spain now ending their evacuations. With more from the White House, here's correspondent Ed O'Keefe. We will not forgive. We will not forget. President Biden vowing to retaliate for the brutal attack in Kabul. We will not let them stop our mission. We will continue the evacuation. 
And while some Republicans want Mr. Biden to expand the mission, the president said his military advisors unanimously recommended moving forward with planning to depart by August 31st, despite the likelihood of more attacks. The president, his top advisors and military commanders have been warning for days of potential attacks by ISIS-K, the Afghan affiliate of ISIS. What does today's attack say about the U.S.'s ability to keep the terrorist threat in check once the U.S. pulls off military forces out of Afghanistan? ISIS's ability to target individuals who are on the ground in Afghanistan is very different from ISIS's ability to attack the United States and attack the homeland. The U.S. Supreme Court has blocked the Biden administration's temporary ban on evictions. CBS's Weijia Jiang is at the White House. The court said in an unsigned opinion, the CDC has exceeded its authority to issue a nationwide moratorium on evictions, calling it a breathtaking and unprecedented exercise of power by a federal agency. And if a federally imposed eviction moratorium is to continue, Congress must specifically authorize it. Now to Florida, where COVID cases are at a new high. And CBS's Manuel Bajorquez tells us a judge is due to rule today on the governor's ban on mask mandates. Before the school year began this week, Francela Guido Chacon protested and petitioned to make masks mandatory in her 10-year-old daughter's district. That mask is not a political statement. It's a safety Device. Now Miami-Dade school kids, like more than half of the state's 2.8 million students, must wear masks, with limited exceptions. But that could change based on a judge's ruling in a trial that is pitting parents like Ido Chacon against Governor Ron DeSantis and Florida education officials. Parents are in the better position to make the decision about whether their kids should be wearing the masks in school, particularly young kids. Northern California's big Caldor fire is on the move. It's now jumped a highway and is heading toward populated areas of Lake Tahoe. It's led to a new round of evacuations. Fire official Josh Vickers says wind is a big factor. A little discouraging when we get fire behavior like this that we can't really control. Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards has issued an emergency declaration and New Orleans is under a hurricane watch as Tropical Storm Ida moves closer. The meteorologists are very concerned about this storm. They see all the conditions necessary for it to strengthen very, very rapidly. They say it could be a major hurricane by the time it reaches the Gulf Coast late Sunday or Monday. A funeral home operator in Tennessee says an anonymous donor has emerged intent on paying for the funerals of all 20 people killed in last weekend's epic flooding. Late last night, Texas Republicans advanced a new set of voting restrictions. Democrat Aaron Zweiner wants federal action on a voting bill that would make Texas and other states get approval from Washington. We're going to use this bill to remind Texans and the people up in Washington, D.C., that we need comprehensive protections to protect the freedom to vote. We're hearing from the Capitol Police officer who shot and killed an unarmed woman during the attack at the U.S. Capitol. Lieutenant Michael Byrd tells NBC News he waited as long as he could. He believes he had to save lives. I had been yelling and screaming as loud as I was, please stop, get back, get back, stop. She was posing a threat to United States House of Representatives. Seven Capitol officers who were beaten during the siege are now suing former President Trump and others. The federal government says it plans to shut down New York City's Metropolitan Correctional Center at least temporarily. That's where issues came to light after the suicide of Jeffrey Epstein two years ago. The Justice Department is still investigating. 
There's a parole hearing today in California for 77-year-old Sirhan Sirhan. Senator Kennedy has been shot. Is that possible? In 1968, he shot and killed Senator Robert F. Kennedy. It's his 16th hearing, and for the first time, there will be no prosecutor to argue that he should remain behind bars. The new DA believes prosecutors have no role in deciding whether prisoners should be let go. Two years ago today, the wife of an American diplomat struck and killed a teen motorcyclist on an English road. The family's still seeking justice. Charlotte Charles says the pain of losing a son doesn't fade. Yes, it's two years, but do you know what? It only feels like last week that I I last was able to hear his laugh and have a bear hug from him. 19-year-old Harry Dunn was killed when he hit the car driven by Anne Sekoulis. New to Britain, she was reportedly driving on the wrong side of the road. Sekoulis fled, claiming diplomatic immunity. But Charles says she is hopeful that officials on both sides of the Atlantic are increasingly committed to seeing justice is done somehow. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. Apple has agreed to let developers of iPhone apps email users about cheaper ways to pay for digital subscriptions, circumventing a system that generates billions a year for Apple. That's the Roundup, produced by Matt Cherry. I'm Steve Kathan, CBS News. Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels. She was a romance mystery writer who happens to be married to a chef. But... This story didn't end with a happily ever after. When I stepped into the kitchen, I could see that Chef Brophy was on the ground, and I heard somebody say, call 911. As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder... Had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? You can listen to Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker. The Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Hey everybody, John Stewart here. I am here to tell you about my new podcast, The Weekly Show. It's going to be coming out every Thursday. So exciting. You'll, you'll be saying to yourself, T-G-I-T. Thank God it's Thursday. We're going to be talking about all the things that hopefully obsess you in the same way that they obsess me. The election, economics, earnings calls. What are they talking about on these earnings calls? We're going to be talking about ingredient to bread ratio on sandwiches. And I know that I listed that fourth, but in importance, it's probably second. I know you have a lot of options as far as podcasts go, but how many of them come out on Thursday? I mean, talk about innovative. Listen to The Weekly Show with Jon Stewart wherever you get your podcasts.